The following is brought to you in part by MFC Studios. The views of the show's host and guests do not necessarily reflect those of the management, owners, or staff of this radio station. And now, it came from the radio. Came from the radio, the official show of the Big Apple Con. We are here live in front of a live studio audience for our 23rd show at Hofstra University, courtesy of the East Meadows Public Library. Um, I am here with our senior correspondent, Charlie Saladino. Hello, fun seekers! Charlie, getting some love this time. (laughs) And we have our special guest who we're here with, and it's great because we're going to be talking to, with, and about her, is Rizuki, the cosplayer. So before we get to that, we're going to take it away with the news. The news is brought to you in part by the fine folks of the Big Apple Con, of which we are the official radio show of, celebrating over 22 years, 23 years, of comic book stuff and pop culture-ness. For more information, go to www.bigapplecc.com. Their next convention will be on December 14th, the Big Apple Christmas Con at uh, the New Yorker in the city. And also, I want to throw out our shouts for our Patreons, of which they are Danny Grillo, award-winning director Jared Burrell, Two Sentence Horror, Millie Portes, Kyle Horn, Dresden Media, Unji Kun, and Bree Nicholas. And also, I want to do a quick shout-out for one of the original performers, uh, Rob Leonard, who is a teacher at, uh, what is it, Criminology? I think it's Criminology. I wrote it down here somewhere. It's not in front of me. I moved it. So it's a professor of criminology at Hofstra University. So I want to have a shout out for Rob Leonard. So hey, and wasn't he a member of Shanana? He was a member of Shanana. Oh, there you go. Do we have anybody remember Shanana in the audience? <laughs> we, got, we got a couple. All right. It's just us. That's it. All right. I remember him. I'm yeah. not that old, but I remember him. Yes. So let's see. Uh, we're going to start off with the sad news, as we usually do. Actress Barbara March died recently of cancer. Uh, Barbara is perhaps best known as one of the Dura sisters, um, Lursa, 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 on Star Trek The Next Generation. Um, for those of you who watched the movie Generations with Shatner and uh, Picard teaming up, she was the, the sister, the bad guy in the, in the film. So she died. It was very sad. Uh, she was uh, 65. Do you remember uh, Next Generation, Star Trek? Charlie? No. Not at all? Yeah. <laughs> Rizuki, you're a Star Trek fan? Star Wars, sorry. Star Wars fan. Ooh, all right. All right fair enough, fair But enough. may she rest in peace. Yes, yes. Um, more sad news, moving along. Um, artist Ernie Colon also died recently of cancer. Ernie co-created DC Comics' Amethyst, Princess of Gem World, and Marvel Comics' Damage Control. Um, in addition to the aforementioned characters, Ernie worked on such books as Casper, Richie Rich, Thundercats, Magnus the Robot Fighter, Dreadstar, and Arak the Son of Thunder, just to name a few. Of note, in the 80s, Ernie was an editor on many DC big-name titles. He was a spry 88. So All too young. Yeah, cancer's getting a lot of people this week. But, you know, thoughts and prayers go out to the family. Do we perhaps have some happy news? Yes, we have plenty of happy news. Moving on, we have happy news now. Uh, Let's see. Ooh, I like this one. From the 
Happy Tec News Department. Happy News Department. Yeah. From the technical issues are not technical at all department. For those of you who remember, MoviePass, the subscription service, oh, no. where people could, for just $10 a month, see an unlimited amount of movies. They had a massive system-wide shutdown during July 27th through the 29th of last year, citing technical difficulties. It turns out that a recent report suggests that those difficulties were not of any technical nature at all, but in fact a direct order by the CEO of MoviePass to have employees change the customer's passwords without their knowledge so that they couldn't access the site when they ran out of funds to pay for the movies that people wanted to see. Wow. In addition to that, the report also there's more? there's more. In addition to that, the report also states that MoviePass had an automatic shutdown mechanism installed in the service so that all users that would activate the company's funds that went below a specific amount. So, for example, like if uh, those of you who have EasyPass, if you have EasyPass, once it goes below $25, it charges you another $25. So, in the MoviePass, if the money went below, in the MoviePass's money, a certain amount, the entire system would shut down so that people wouldn't be able to use the service. On purpose. This was done on purpose to save money for the company. Wow, that's a great business ploy. <laughs> Were you a fan of MoviePass? <laughs> No, of course not. Does anybody in the audience have MoviePass? No. Nobody? No. All right. Which is why? Because we're uh, all normal people. We go to movies and whatever discount thing they offer, AMC card or whatever, Regal card, we buy that. Because MoviePass is insane. Well, it, Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Um, I, I went on it the other day, used my password, it didn't work. So, for those of you not paying attention, MoviePass cited a net loss of $329.3 million Pocket change. on a revenue of $232.3 million. So they made $232.3 million. That's what they made. But with that, they still lost an additional $329 million. And their subscribers went from more than $3 million last year to just $225,000 of this year. And finally... MoviePass is also the target of a class action lawsuit by subscribers claiming the change in the unlimited plan was deceptive bait-and-switch tactic. So what we're saying is <laughs> MoviePass was an unbelievable success. Yes, it is an unbelievable success that they're doing so well right now. And as a matter of fact, um, I think, uh, I believe it was a month ago, they announced that they were going to shut down their system entirely to rework everything. And they were going to come back stronger and better than ever before. You but know, right now, it's just, I think it's over. I think, I think MoviePass is done. I think we'll be doing another report on MoviePass in three months. Might be. So, oh, yeah. Um, moving on. Let's see. From Lee, there's always some kind of drama, but no real product department. Writer-artist Rob Liefeld has announced that he had to wash his hands of Youngblood following an ugly custody battle of his characters. Rob says, <clears throat> in 1997... Sounds nothing like Rob. I took an investor named Scott Rosenberg of Malibu Comics. Joseph Lowe brought him to the table as a potential partner, and after a few discussions, we made fancy press announcement, and we birthed Awesome Comics. Awesome Comics went to freefall, and I shuttered the label permanently in 2000. Scott, John, and I agreed to split my extreme catalog in 1990 and we each received eight titles 
and could exploit them in media. After failing to come to terms on two movie deals in recent years, Scott informed me last summer that he is sold with someone for Youngblood Comics and Toys. The man he partnered with is named Andrew Rev, who informed me, being uh, Rob, a number of times over the past year that he can make me a big success in comics. The next talk fought McFarlane even. I told and told me that I could audition for producing Youngblood Comics. So basically, the guy who owns, who created Youngblood, does not own the property, and the guy who owns the property is telling the guy who created it that he could work for him and become a big name in comics, which Rob Liefeld is a pretty big name. Um, so, he has questionable access to his characters, characters I created and shepherded for nearly three decades, and as a result, I shut down the storyline that would take Youngblood to issue 100 and beyond. Youngblood will no longer be published by Image Comics, or with my involvement at this time. I have Bloodstrike, Brigade, Berserkers, Blood Wolf, Regex, Kaboom, Evangeline, Cybrid, and others in my portfolio, completely under my domain, but no Youngblood. I share this with you now following an unexpected conversation with this Andrew Reb guy about publishing. In short, it was very disrespectful, and I had to put my distance between them. These people and my creations were now in a very foreign domain. Uh, Youngblood uh, represents some of my finest work. I'm proud of all the work that was produced. Sadly, film companies will be reluctant to invest the time and money in a venture without the support and blessing of its creator. So, upwards onwards to the extreme, Rob Liefeld. So, it's so weird that his, creator, his characters that he created, no control over, there'll be no movies, no nothing. But the weird thing is that for the past year or so, actually a couple of years, Rob Liefeld is always saying that these things are going to happen. There's going to be movies, there's going to be comics, there's going to be this. And nothing ever happens. I think we should hear what Pete has to say. Yes, Pete has something to say about Rob Liefeld. I'm a huge Image Comics guy. A huge Image Comics guy. Had Liefeld not almost gotten himself fired slash quit Image in the beginning and taken his studio away? Because remember, Image doesn't own the characters. They're all creator Characters are all creator controlled. Correct. They just publish them and take a piece. Correct. So he owned his characters. Had he bitten the bullet and checked his ego at the door... Liefeld would still own 100% of all his properties and the Image would have taken care of all this and protected him the way they deal with... Remember when Marvel... I forget the, I forget the, the artist... Angela is in the Marvel Universe now? Yes, that's... And uh, they made an Image didn't own the character. The artist did. Artist was going to Marvel, wanted to take his character with her. Correct. They made a deal. It that's worked right. out. Liefeld could have done the same thing. This is Rob being Rob. Yeah, and that's why it's from the, uh, a lot of sustain, a lot of drama, but no product department. So, yeah. You're a comic book fan, Rizuki? Um, I stick to DC, but I don't, DC. Really, I don't really focus on the drama or the behind the scenes. I just care about the story and the characters. I don't really care who's doing what or what's doing what in the background. I'm not interested in that. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. So, no, no behind the scenes, no Star Trek. No. Great. <laughs> You're a gamer. I play video games. All right, so maybe this one will be more, more interesting. Okay. From Lee, win $3 million and you get a visit from the cops department. <laughs> <laughs> Seems that Fortnite champion, 16-year-old Kyle, I'm going to mess up his last name, Gearsendorf, who <laughs> recently won $3 million, yeah, was the victim yeah. of someone calling the cops on him while he was playing a game online. For those of you who do not know, basically this is a form of harassment uh, incited by alerting police of a false crime like murder or a hostage situation at the intended target's home. It has been used occasionally in the online video gaming community. Police were told 
that Kyle had killed his father via multiple gunshots and was holding his mother hostage in the garage. Shortly thereafter, SWAT, yes, that SWAT, arrived at the guy's house with guns drawn, only to find the father alive and well, when they called the house as he walked outside to be greeted by a tactical team surrounding his house. Oh my god, that's a comedy. That's in a comedy movie. So, it's, it's funny, sort of, because this has been a, a recent trend. No, it's trend. not funny, sort of. It's funny, no, hysterical. Be, no, because the reason why it's only funny, sort of, is because this has happened, and there has been a guy who got killed. Oh, okay. Because yeah, that's, they, they're, that's they're banging on the door, people are, have headphones on playing the game, they're not responding, the cops come in, and they shot the guy. They shot yeah, a person. We, we talked about this. This is a lot The guy who, yeah, he got life in jail for, for, for calling the cops, for falsely calling the cops on a guy because they're losing a game. It's, it's <laughs> insane how, like how we've gotten to this place. It's, it's called swatting, exactly. So, that's, that's insane. So, like I said, it's funny, sort of, when nobody gets hurt. No, but however, I'm saying that situation yeah. that we were talking about. But this is, one, can you yeah, imagine? No, of course, it's not funny when. Has anybody know. swatted you? Has anybody called the cops on you, Rizuki? I don't play online games all that much, just because I think people take it way too seriously. L like, think, like this? Like I think this is ridiculous. I think people need to realize that at the end of the day, we're all nerds. We're all just idiots playing video games or dressing yeah. up in cosplay or yeah. buying comics, and we're all on the same page. So when somebody does something like this, I'm just not interested in being a part of that, I'll just stick to my Sega Genesis, thank you. Sega <laughs> Genesis, wow. <laughs> Alright, very old school. Yeah. You heard about the Sega Genesis meme coming up. Yes, yeah. I did. So, moving on, let's see. Um, okay, from the, are you a Fast and Furious fan? That's my brother. Fast and Furious, alright, Fast and Furious fan, alright. From the Suspension of Disbelief Department, Fast and Furious writer Chris Morgan addressed the infamous 26 mile long runway at the end of the sixth film. Um, for those of you, uh, have everybody seen Fast and Furious franchise? Sound yeah, yeah, right. Well, Alright. Um, Chris says, I've always put myself where I started my journey with the Fast, which is as a fan in the theater watching the movies. What gets me excited and what makes me want to cheer. How do we use the vehicles in a way we haven't thought about before? There is a caveat to this, which is the old physics debate. We'll bend physics. In fact, we'll bend it a lot, but we all outright break it. My dad was a science teacher and I definitely respect physics, but my rule is a little bit more flexible. I cite the runway at the end of Fast 6 as an example. Technically, for the plane to be in the air as long as it was, the runway would have to be 26 miles long. True, but when you're watching it, your brain is doing that calculation, or are you enjoying it and locked into the movie and worried about what's happening with Han, Giselle, and the other characters? If it doesn't take you out of the movie, then it's good for us. We'll do it. People always ask me, would you ever do this type of sequence or this other type of sequence? My answer always is, is the audience going to love it, cheer it, or enjoy it? If so, then yes. I watched that movie and I was like, this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen because right. there was a plane and they were being chased by cars and they were on this runway, which in turn was 26 mile long. Ridiculous, and I'm like, it, I just, I could not enjoy. Are you listening to yourself? Yes, I am. Are you listening to yourself? We're talking about the Fast and Furious franchise, right? Yes. When Vin Diesel jumps <laughs> from one roadway to another roadway he got at thrown, the bottom yes, he got thrown. and makes it in the car. Yeah. You expect reality from these franchises? All right, I'll give you another one. 
Yes. Jason and Vin are heading for each other at almost 200 miles an hour. They hit head on. They get out and they, they start, start fighting. fighting. <laughs> All right, and you're worried about a 26-mile runway. <laughs> that, 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 at that point Nothing's in time... Nothing's going to be real in those movies. Well, that was the thing. At that point in time, I hadn't seen the other movies. So that was my first experience of it. And I'm like, oh my so, God. So then I realized this is how it's going to be. Because they don't take themselves seriously, oh, yeah. I can just let it Watch go. Watch the franchise. You'll, what, you'll be watching this and say, yeah, yeah, it's okay. Yeah. It's did, one of the, the normal sequences. Did yeah. you actually hear about the, the article that came out, as a side note, that the Fast and Furious actors all have in their contracts how many times they can get punched, how many times they can, they can throw out punches, how badly they can get hurt. Yeah. It's in their contracts. So if you watch the movies, at any time somebody goes through a glass, then the other guy has to go through a glass. Well, if anybody gets hit five times, the other guy gets hit get hits five times. That's, that's mind-blowing to me. That uh, all, all the way down all, to a science. All except for Gal Gadot, who was a hand-to-hand -hand combat artist in the Israel Army. Yeah. And, and she got hired for her martial arts skills. And who would have thought that would have... They shouldn't have never killed her off. No, well, she had to She had to do Wonder Woman. Well, they... What was she going to do? Two? They killed off Michelle Rodriguez. They brought her back. Yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, my issue with that whole, whole franchise is that there was 45 like, movies yeah. in that franchise. Yeah. And they're driving for 95% of every single movie. Yeah. But yeah. you never see them put gas in their cars. <laughs> yeah. and, and, I'm just saying. Right, right. <laughs> and they bring people back from the dead. And you're worrying about a 26-mile run. <laughs> It's just, it's just one of those things that you know me, I like. It's 2.65 right now. I'm or, just saying. Or when, or when they shift, like every time they shift, how many times, how many gears are in the car? There's they have to keep 18 on? different gears? Yeah. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's it's the, the whole thing's for entertainment. Nothing's real. It's a bad part is, bad part if kids without brains see this. They think they could drive fast, crash, and nothing will happen to them. Well, that's where you the know? education comes into play. Yeah. So that's, that's how it goes. But, um, so let's see. We have a final bit of news. From the Blame Game Department, um, Disney posted a $170 million loss in its third quarter earnings this year. And because of which, it cited X-Men Dark Phoenix as a major cause of that. The film, which cost $200 million and has so far brought in about only $65 million in the Mexican box office. This was Disney? This was Disney. Your, your best friend at Disney. Aww. You know you love Disney. I, I feel so bad when Disney loses money. Um, other causes... They own the world. They don't care about that. Well, they lost $170 million this, this quarter. <laughs> Pocket change for them. <laughs> Which is funny because they have the highest grossing movie of all time yeah. this same quarter. Oh, yes. yeah. I don't worry about Disney because they'll, 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 they'll be fine. They'll, they'll be, be fine. fine. All right. Yeah, Mickey's going, how much you got on you? Was it something we said? <laughs> but, um, not at all. They have kids with us, so we're going to wait a few minutes. Okay, they got, they're so going to come back. So, um... Yes, Disney. Did you, another bad news thrown in. Did, oh, did yes, from the desert of Charlie Saladino. I don't know, you might have covered it because no. I was missing a couple of shows. Maybe. But the young lady who played, who did the voice of Minnie Mouse. Yes, we did that, we did that. You did that? Yes. Oh, I feel bad for her. Yes. Even though it's Disney, but it's, yes. it's somebody. So. Thanks for listening to the show. Good <laughs> yeah. job. Yeah, um, it's a good thing I'm on the show. Um, other causes are split into two categories. <clears throat> 
Um, one is lower than expected amusement park ticket sales, and two, other Fox underperforming films such as Stuber, The Kid Who Would Be King. Uh, that's a movie I never even heard about. No, I but it came out, but it didn't do anything. And uh, because of this, <laughs> Disney has axed all future scheduled Fox projects, excluding the upcoming Ford vs. Ferrari, which is already. It's already in, in its way into the right. theaters. And it's Avatar and Planet of the Apes sequels. So everything else that was Fox was going to make has been shelved indefinitely while they reevaluate the $170 million loss. Oh that my they god. Had. You mean Avatar like The Last Airbender? No, the or, uh, Jim, James Cameron Avatar. So I mean, they should put that away too. No, it's, it's, <laughs> a, it's the second highest grossing film of all time. And they are, he's been talking about making a sequel for like 30 years already. <laughs> he's finally getting off around to it because now he has motivation and the technology's there. Yeah, it's called I Need Money. Uh, James Cameron does not need money. James he Cameron needs has, money. He, 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 he needs has, money. I talked right. to him yesterday. <laughs> he talked to him. But everything else, and Planet of the Apes, they're going to make more Planet of the Apes movies, which I believe they should not, because no. the, it was fine. It's the three good. Were it's great. good where it ended. It's good. But no, they're going to make more of those as well. So, that's it for the news. Thank so God. We're going to take our break. Because I want to talk to our guests. Yes, we will. We're going to take our break first, and we'll be right back. It came from the radio. This is Gray Griffin, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Hi, you've heard my voice open and close the show. Now, we want to hear your voice. If you have a business or product, you can record a commercial here. We offer 30 and 60 second spots. For more information, contact Mark at MFC underscore studios at hotmail.com. Hey guys, want to impress everyone at your next party? Shock them all with a custom cake. Anything goes. Classic wedding cakes to wild party themes. Follow my social media for weekly videos and photos. We're a Long Island-based cake shop. Custom Cakes by Christie Incorporated. K-R-I-S-T-Y. Call or text anytime. 631 606-8166. Hey, this is Ty Monk, a.k.a. Bruce Leroy from The Last Dragon, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Hello, everyone. This is Envoy Comic Distributors, the independent distributor for independent minds. We represent some of the finest small press and self-publishers out there today. To learn more about us and our publishers, search for Envoy Comic Distributors on Facebook. And shop for us online at envoy.storeenvy.com. That's E-N-V-O-Y dot S-T-O-R-E-N-V-Y dot com. Have a great day. What's up, guys? This is Kari Payton, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. So keep listening. Whether you're looking for pre-code horror, good girl art, or superhero comic books, check out Not From This Earth. Dot com. They specialize in rare comic books, but they also have an extensive stock of popular comics to help you fill in the holes in your collection. That's notfromthisearth.com. Use code W-A-R-Y to receive a 10% discount on your entire order. Also, stop by the Clifton, New Jersey comic book show on Sunday, October 13th at 1232 Main Avenue, Clifton, New Jersey. Admission is free. Hey, I'm Mike Kingston, the writer and creator of Headlocks. And I am WWE Hall of Famer Jerry the King Lawler. And guess what you're listening to? You're listening to It Came From The Radio. Now, back to our show. And we are back with Came From The Radio with our live studio audience yeah. at Hofstra University, courtesy of the East Meadow Public Library. I'm here with uh, senior correspondent Charles Saladino and our guest, Rizuki. Hello, gang. Hello. So, Rizuki. Hi. First, I think the most important question is, where did you get the name Rizuki from? 
Um, so I'm going to age myself just a smidge. Um, back in the late 90s, early 1000s, I used to do Sailor Moon roleplay on AOL in chat rooms. AOL? Yes. I that <laughs> so I met a group of people that I actually still talk to a few of them and we were giving each other nicknames and I actually don't know where it fully came from but it was the beginning of summer 2000 and they were like Rizuki and I was like so and that was that was kind of it it's been my nickname for almost 20 years now wow all right 20 years yes you don't look older than 20 it's you know it's been 300 years when you're immortal like you just you just stay young (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So when you were into, so were you into cosplay before cosplay was a thing? Um, sort of. I didn't know it was called cosplay until I want to say maybe like 2002 or so. Um, my first costume was not counting Halloween, of course, but my first costume was Sailor Moon in 1998. Wow. And I didn't know it was called cosplay at the time. And then I did um, Sailor Star Healer. I did like four of her outfits because I have problems. And then my very, very first convention was Big Apple Anime Fest in 2002. And that's when I found out it was called cosplay. Wow, so you were a, clos- you were a closet cosplayer without <laughs> even realizing it. Basically. <laughs> so let's, let's get into the nitty gritty. We've, we've actually talked to many cosplayers on the show before. <laughs> and I want to know what each person's definition of what exactly is cosplaying. Because it's not just dressing up as somebody. Or is it? Um... Well, it's different for everyone. Cosplay, I think the main foundation of cosplay that a lot of people forget is it's literally costume play, cosplay. So it doesn't matter if your costume, if you made it, if you got it from a store, if you commissioned it, if you got it from Amazon, if you got it from your closet, if you altered it, or all of the above. All of that, if it's on your body and it's a costume, you're cosplaying. Um, If you're diving in like some excuse me, like some cosplayers do when it comes to being the character, I still think that's cosplay, but that's kind of going a little bit more into being the character, now that's diving into acting as well, but that's still cosplay in my opinion. If you're kind of just in the costume and you're like, yee, that's still cosplay. Um, I don't think there's any wrong way to do it, it's all just different avenues of it. And like when you, for example, when you go to Disney World or Disneyland and they have the the costumed characters, those are professional, in my opinion, they're professional cosplayers, but they're not called that when you're there. I forget what it is off the top of my head, but they have a specific name for those characters when they're there. Suit actors? Um, not that. They, they do that with Super Sentai and Power Rangers. They'll call them suit actors. But there's, there's, I forget what it is. I'll, I'll remember it when I'm driving home. Which is great. <laughs> of course. But um, there's a name for like the actors at Disney. And then like Saber Guild and the 501st have a different name for it. They don't call it cosplay at all. A lot of them will call it in-kit. So that what they're wearing, you know, they're just as a stormtrooper, just as a Jedi, as a Sith, but right, it's a right. kit. Because um, it's all Lucasfilm, like, you know, approved and all of that. Um, but then, you know, me making Sailor Moon or something in my bedroom at 3 in the morning, I'm not doing anything professional. I'm not trying to be Sailor Moon. I'm not trying to, like, do her character, her personality. That's still cosplay. So, long story short, if there's a costume on your body, you're cosplaying. Okay. So... What was your very, very... Were you, like, three years old 
Decided to wear a costume, or um, I don't know how old I was. I know I, I always did. Up. I want to do that. <laughs> I always enjoyed Halloween, so I would always do like a cheerleader or like a mermaid or an angel, or whatever. But I did do Princess Leia. I do remember that very well because I used to have very long hair, so my mom could actually put my hair into buns. Oh, the cheese Danishes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she could actually yeah. use my hair for it. I can't now, but at the time I could. So you know, cosplay wasn't conventions. None of that was even on my. Mind at the time, I was just yeah. Princess Leia for Halloween. But so I always loved doing that kind of thing. And as I got older, I enjoyed putting on wigs and crazy makeup and stuff like that. And then it kind of turned into cosplay. And now I'm sitting here with rainbow makeup talking about <laughs> cosplay. <laughs> so there's, there's a, I'm gonna be that guy. Okay. So there's a, there's a, there's a line that's out there okay. that if uh, you can be anything you want to be. Okay. As a guy can be a girl a cosplayer, a girl can dress up as a guy, but there's a there's a there's a line there where it comes to black superheroes or, or superheroes of color. Mm -hmm. So if you're a white person, are you allowed to cosplay as a black superhero? Yes, but how you do it is what matters. So if I wanted to cosplay Sombra from Overwatch, or if I wanted to cosplay Storm from X Men, I can. Because they're a character, and that's a costume, but what is not a costume is their skin color. You know, I can't, if I'm able to change my skin color to be somebody else's skin color, that's not okay. Because at, at the end of the day, especially with people of color and black people, there's a, there's a stigma and there's something that they have to go through that I, as a white Latina, will never experience. And that's not fair for me to be able to go in there with a skin color that isn't mine, be storm, come home and wash it off, that skin color isn't a costume. So that would be a disrespect to anyone that's black. And I don't think anyone should do that. I do think too many people do do that. And I think it's something that needs to be talked about to the point that it stops. Because it's just, you know, we're all different skin colors here. And that's a beautiful thing. We should, you know, enjoy what we have. And, you know, some people can tan a little bit more than others. For me, it's either paper white or tomato red. That's as far as I go. <laughs> I got two there's no, <laughs> there's no between for me. Like, the, the best I have is just, like, my watch, like, tan. <laughs> but that's, that's kind of it. So, as, like, like I said, like, I'm, I'm Latina. Like, I'm Puerto Rican. I'm Colombian. Um, so, do I want to cosplay Sombra? I do. She's Mexican. But she's got tanner skin. I will cosplay Sombra one day, but I will never cosplay Sombra by changing my skin to match hers. Because Sombra is a character, her skin's not a costume. So let's let's go one step beyond, because let's talk about characters that don't that aren't actually <coughs> a race that is existing in a human world, mm -hmm. but is a race in the comic book world. Mm -hmm. So let's say the Hulk is green. Mm -hmm. Is it okay to be to paint yourself green no matter what you are underneath? That's completely different. So yes, because at the end of the day, when somebody says, "Oh, I don't see color," you know, I whether you're black, white, yellow, green, there is no yellow person, there is no green person, there's no aquamarine person, there's no like neon green like that, you know, Chernobyl radiation glows in the sun green people. It's not. It doesn't work like that. So that's. I think that's being disrespectful to black people by saying like you know, 
and comparing them to somebody that's green. I don't think that's right to do to them. I think that's disrespectful. Um, Hulk, there is no one that's green. So, yeah, be somebody that's green. If you want to be, like, um, I just finished reading it, so I'm going to, like, plug it in there. Um, have you ever heard of the webtoon Lore Olympus? I have not, but I think the audience... <laughs> the audience was, make some noise if you heard it. There you go. I just finished it. We're on it. radio, not video. <laughs> I just finished it. Long story short, it's basically another way of going over the whole Hades and Persephone mythology. It's another way to kind of, another way to tell that story. And the way that the artist did it is Persephone is pink, Hades is blue, Artemis is purple. You know, if one day I wanted to cosplay Persephone, she's pink. I'm going to do it. There's no pink people out there, you know? But, like, for example, like, Kelly, you know, Kelly's black. I'm not going to go out there and be like, I'm going to be black too. No. <laughs> and I would expect somebody to yell at me if I ever thought that was okay. But no one's pink. Yeah. No one's blue. No, no one's, one's green. No one's That's green. completely yeah. different. And I think trying to, and a lot of people will use that as their um, justification. I think that's incredibly disrespectful. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Everybody's color is beautiful. Stay your own color. Charlie? Yeah, it's going to be challenging when green and blue people start coming out of the woodwork. <laughs> yeah, they have a question for us. Yes, I do. I have several questions. Jingle Rob, right but ahead. you've been jaw jerking so much, I don't get enough. Um, being the photographer of this group, we're going to go into the photography questions. Okay. When does it become, where is that line that cosplayers have? Because I'm a respectable photographer. Mm -hmm. I will ask you if I could take your picture. I will tell you this is on Facebook. This is going to be on Facebook. If you say to me, I don't want it on Facebook, which a cosplayer will never say. If you say that to me, then I don't put it. I will tell you it's on social media. It's going on social media. There are photographers that I see at conventions that really piss me off. They'll take a cosplayer out and they'll, they'll do the whole posing positions and everything like that. Um, do this, do that, and they take you away from your business. Mm -hmm. And um, so what I'm saying is, where do you draw the line on how far um, a photographer could go um, taking you away from the, the action? It, it depends on a lot of things. It depends on how they go about asking. It depends on, like, for me personally, I can't speak for other cosplayers, of course, but no, of course, um, for myself, it depends on what I'm doing at the moment. It depends on how they ask. It depends on the situation, how crazy or busy it is, and what my schedule might look right. like. So I know... Um, for most times with photographers, I usually will book photo shoots with them, and we have our like we have our time that's all right, scheduled. Right, but right. when it's somebody that comes to you doing like a haul shoot, or they'll ask if they can you know take a couple of photos real quick, but yeah. somewhere else so they don't have people behind you. Yeah. Depending on what's going on and how they go about it, if yeah. they were to just be like, no, let's go over here, we're taking photos. No, come with me right now. Um, that that's gonna be a hard no. 
I'm going to say no. But if somebody's kind of like, hey, you know, if you're not busy, would you mind? Could we take a couple of photos over here so there aren't a lot of people in the background? I don't want to disturb you too much from what you're doing. If I don't have anywhere to be or anything to do, yeah, I'll do that. That's completely okay. I see cosplayers going with these people and me being an Italian father and seeing a young lady going with these, these just very forward, very... And they just, I feel like going there, don't go with him, say no, you know. But they're also, it's, it's a hard thing because they're interested in getting their look out there. So, but I, I really can't stand the photographer yeah. to do that. And I know you guys go through hell, so you have to be very diplomatic. But at the same time, you have to be safe. Yeah, it's, yeah. when it comes to cosplay, a lot of people think that just because you're cosplaying a character that they like or that they want to photograph or that you, that maybe it's your favorite character or something like that, they think that they're entitled to that cosplayer's time and body because yeah. they're cosplaying Bulma. And, ooh, right. Bulma's my favorite character, oh, snap. Yeah. So they just imagine and believe and feel they're entitled to that cosplayer's time because of that. And yeah. sometimes it's the reverse with cosplayers toward photographers as well. Yeah. But just to stay on topic, I definitely think that that needs to be brought to attention more. Like, people need to be called out more for that. Whether it's just in the moment, like, hey, you can't do that, that's disrespectful, or however it needs to be done for it to stop. Just because, yeah, you know, we cosplay, we do whatever, but that doesn't mean that you're entitled to me and my time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The bad part is I've seen a lot of cosplayers that are eager to go with mm-hmm. anybody, and, and this makes it bad for the other ones who, you know, have a business and they can't, you know. <clears throat> so it's, it's, it's a double-edged sword and like that. Um, my other question, my other question to you is, you guys have to have such a passion for this because I've seen cosplayers go to different states to different countries and um, and they're really into it and it's such a passion and, and that's why I asked you what do you do like mm-hmm. if you have so a lot of them have their jobs that that really fund this for the weekends and God forbid I'm sure not one cosplayer can work on Saturday and Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we do. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's just a matter of requesting often enough time to yeah. be able to get that to be able to get that convention weekend or that convention day off. But yeah. I know like myself, I go to a couple out of state cons. I go to Katsukan, I go to Otakon, um, I'm going to anime next next year. I'd like to go to Puerto Rico Comic Con, um, Dragon Con I'd like to go to, Colossal Con East, stuff like that. But then there's a bunch of stuff on Long Island and in Manhattan that I also enjoy as well. And the other five, uh, four of the five boroughs too. But it's just a matter, it's a matter of the experience. It's a matter of what that event or convention offers that will help me decide, do I want to go there? Why do I want to go there? What do they have that's not out here? And all cosplayers will feel the same way. That I know I, we all kind of on the same page. Is X con and X state worth it? And is it worth the money? And okay, cool, it is. Let me get the time off if I don't already have it and then save up for it and that whole thing. So it's, it's, it's a lot of fun, but it's also very pricey. And now this is a very obvious question, but it's really not because 
it's basically, and I'm asking you because I'm a musician, so I know why I do that. But why do you do it? What is the inner high for you doing being a cosplay? Um, there's a couple answers to that, and the reason I say that is because one, I cosplay for myself as a, like you know just right. a hobby. It's fun. It's my passion. But I also write for PressForWordOfTheNerd.com. I um, do a lot of workshops and panels and different things for a lot of Long Island events. I Like Tropicon this weekend, I'll be a cosplay right. guest and judge. I was a cosplay guest and judge at Long Island Retro last weekend. I've done things for CradleCon. Uh, I'm the cosplay coordinator for Long Island Comic Book Expo. So when it comes to all of these events, MCON, Anime Festival, um, yeah. when it comes to all of these events, it's a mixture. So one, for fun, it's my passion, I love it, it's yeah. my hobby, it's just, it's it's cool to challenge myself in different creative wow. ways to see what I can do and how I can go about it. Two, I really enjoy seeing the behind-the-scenes work, especially when it comes to being press and working for all of these Long Island events. I get to see exactly how these events are put together. Wow. When it comes to Long Island Comic Book Expo, I am putting it together with the yeah. showrunner Greg, and I'm crying in the corner, so I understand what, like the logistics of putting events together. But then things like MCON, where I'm a guest and I'm talking to... Like the, these, like these kids and these like older adults. Like two of them are here now that I met thanks to MCon, and I'm grateful for the opportunity to talk to them. I'm happy to see, I'm happy to see what they do, to see their passions, to right. see what exactly it is about cosplay or anime right. or whatever it is that makes them happy and makes them tick. But I'm also, I love to see the evolution of them, not just, you know, as they get older, just right. like they're like more like. like it was more extroverted, but at the same time, how their cosplays have evolved or what their interests are. Like, a lot of them are going away to college next year, wow. and I'm watching their cosplays evolve. Like, these two, I'm watching their cosplays evolve. I've seen them from day one at that cosplay positivity panel we did last year and seeing their cosplays now, and they're working really hard on these things. Yeah. And to know that, and they've, they've all told me, to know that... I've been, even if it's only 5%, I've been able to help them and motivate them. Yeah. That, that's it for me. Like, that's, oh, yay. <laughs> that, that's, all I, that's all I need. I've had so many, they have come, they've given me engagement gifts. They've given me gifts for Mother's Day because I'm their con mother. Yeah. They've gone to, uh, they've gone to, they've given me drawings of my cat when she passed away, of myself and my different cosplays. Uh, and yeah. it, like, I cry sometimes because it just makes me so happy. To know that I could do that for somebody. It's it's compassion. Absolutely. And besides, you're giving them the right information. They're not getting it. I'm going to give you some information. (laughs) All right? Are you listening? Stop writing. I'm going to give you some information. As a guy who's on a a show, and I go to conventions, and I take pictures to people who have great cosplay, get yourself cards. Because this way... I can put your names on. I could promote you when we put your picture on the thing. Otherwise, I'll have to say, when you see your picture on, tag yourself so we know who you are. Because we want them to know that you guys are out there doing what you love. You're busting your chops. So that's what I would tell them. Yeah. Right? Get, a, get cards. We have some time. So I need one do. And one cosplay don't. What cosplay do, cosplay don't. Very quickly, what can you advice can you give out? 
Okay. Um, cosplay do stay with your friends. Um, whether it's a small local event or a huge event like Dragon Con or Katsukan, right. when you're going to these things, don't do anything by yourself. Because like you were saying before with the photographers, yeah. like yeah. there's a lot of good ones out yeah. there. I know plenty of them. But there are some sketchy ones out there too sure. that I unfortunately am aware of. There's an opportunity. Mm -hmm. you know? So if you're... You, not that I want to like make anyone like scared and be like, be careful or anything like that. Yeah. But like don't be too trusting. Stay with yeah, your no. friends and listen to your gut yeah. what, with whatever it is. Whether it's a photographer, another cosplayer, an yeah. event, anything. So that's the cosplay. Do do it with your friends. Do it with your friends. The cosplay don't would just be don't listen to the haters and the and the bullies and all of those people because one they're always gonna be there. They're always gonna exist because they just want to. I don't understand their lives. But the only reason they're trying to pull you down and hurt you is because you're too too high above them that they can't reach you. So in order for them to yeah. get to you, they have to pull you down to their level sure. to hurt you with words yeah. on your cosplay, on your looks, on your body. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what what body you have, what gender you are, what your sexuality is, your, your height, anything. None of that matters. Cosplay the thing. And if someone tells you you can't, do it anyway. And take more photos of it and keep posting it so they can see it everywhere and they can shut up. Yeah. Let's see. Let's do. Let's do the social media time first. Social media time. Okay. Where can people find more about you? Where can people follow you? All that stuff. Okay. So I mostly post on Instagram, usually at two a.m. Um, and that username <laughs> is Rizuki. It's spelled R-I-Z-U-K-I. I'm also on Twitter. It's Rizuki Ann. So R-I-Z-U-K-I-A-N-N. -N. Okay. I'm on Facebook under Rizuki Cosplay, and eventually, when I'm not lazy, I'll have a YouTube. It's under Rizuki as well. <laughs> so basically, anything online that's Rizuki is either me or it's this restaurant in Japan and Indonesia. So if it's not the restaurant, it's me. <laughs> yeah. So you can't miss it. It's either a restaurant or not. Really, it looks really good. I just can't read any of it. <laughs> I actually live somewhere by that restaurant. Yeah. How long does it take start to finish to do a costume? Like um, creating it? Yeah. Let's, um, say, let's say you want to do uh, a guitar. guitar. <laughs> okay. Um, I'll use Sailor Uranus as an example because right. that was one of my most recent that I made. Um, I bought her fabric and everything on Black Friday of 2018, and I spent all of January working on her. My sewing machine decided to break, and everything was falling apart. But when everything was all said and done from start to finish, it took me a month, month and a half. So sometimes, like Sailor Venus, takes me a week. Sometimes with Sailor Uranus, takes me a month, month and a half. Oh, it, and sometimes it's the night before and I'm crying. But it, it ranges depending on how much time I give myself and how stressed I am. And what kind of a, a, what kind of a like, how close do you want to be to the person that you're going to cosplay? Because I know there's some people out there that it has to be exactly right. The, the, the charm, the, the, the waist, everything has to be perfect. Some people, they'll just wear a t-shirt and call it a day. So, what's the mindset? Like, how far do you want to go? I know, for me, I'm a perfectionist, but if I want everything to be perfect, I will never leave the house. So, I usually just kind of, I continue to edit. Yeah. Sailor Venus, I've been editing since 2014. I actually yeah. made more changes to her in June of this year, and I have more changes I want to make to her. So... 
I usually kind of just go when I feel comfortable and I keep editing to it. And when it comes to all of my cosplays, I do different things to kind of make it my own. And so I just kind of hope for the best and everyone's been really nice so far. <laughs> we were, I was laughing because I was thinking of the easiest cosplay thing we've ever seen. The guy who actually looked like Bob Denver, and he just put the blue shirt yes. on and bell bottoms and Excel cap. And he looked exactly like Gilligan. Yes, I remember that from the uh, Cradlecon. Yeah, yeah. Cradlecon. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's see. We have almost 10 minutes to go, so it's contest time. So Rizuki was kind enough to bring a masterpiece SpongeBob meme uh, for everybody in the audience. So everybody has a raffle, <laughs> raffle ticket. So. We're going to give away that, and then also, as a secondary prize, we have two tickets nice. to the InBeyondCon, which is going to be at Hofstra University on the 24th of <laughs> August. So I want to do a shout-out to InBeyondCon for those guys. So let's see, the first prize will be the grand prize, the Masterpiece Meme, and the winner is... Wait, you want a drum roll? I can do that forever. Okay, wait, stop, okay. It is 544... Five three nine. Five four four five three nine. Yeah. Hey, yo, you won that. So Good. Now you can see us. We got SpongeBob out of the way. Good job. <laughs> and now for the follow-up for the two tickets to Inbeyond Con at Hofstra. At Hofstra. <laughs> Was my drum roll? Yeah, was the drum roll? <laughs> Five four four five four zero. Five four zero. Yee. There you go. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is the. Okay. So, you guys. <laughs> Set up. I want one. So for the people who didn't get a chance to win a ticket, go to InBeyondCon.com and the tickets are still on sale right now. Well, actually, it might be not on sale when it's on sale. So, a uh, thought that's popped in my head. You said you yeah. had really long hair. Yes. You naturally blonde? No. Uh, well, actually, blondish. Well, I was bald for two years, and then I had blonde hair, and then it became brown, and then I dyed it back to blonde. So the question <laughs> is, have you ever done Rapunzel? I have not. Um, I've been speaking to a couple of my Disney princess friends because I want to do Rapunzel and Ariel really bad. Oh, wow. um, they connected me to a couple of wig makers, so we'll see what happens. But I want to. <laughs> what other cosplay is? What's what's your dream cosplay character right now? Is it like I want to do this? And I'm going to be the um, best. Because there was this one guy. I went to uh, San Diego Comic-Con. Mm. And he had a Bumblebee outfit that transformed into oh, a yeah, car. That's wow. cool. You can go on YouTube and you can see this. It was an actual cosplay yeah. costume. And he went, and he turned into a car. <laughs> All he needed to do was to roll away. Really? And it would have been amazing. He didn't roll anywhere. But it was still amazing. Still, I saw him at Comic-Con really about three or four years ago. But he didn't transform. It was a different one. Oh, but you know the guy I'm talking about. Yes. the he one He went at, right into a car. Yeah. yeah. I'm so, like... Yeah, so what, you gonna have one of those? I'm saying, obviously, <laughs> from Circus Family. Nothing <laughs> that intense. Um, two of my dream cosplays I got to do thanks to my fiancé with um, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the Pink Ranger. He bought that whole thing for me. Um, and then my two good friends at Redbug Imaginaria made me my pink Chung Lee cosplay. Those are theme pink. Um, so that I finally got to wear last weekend. I think my full, full real dream at this point is I want to cosplay one of the Sailor Starlights in a full Sailor Moon group. A full everybody is here, Super Smash Brothers style, Sailor Moon group. 
So, That's what I would love to be in, one of the Sailor Starlights. Speaking of everybody being here, and Charlie <laughs> mentioned the photographer. How do you deal with walking? Just I want to walk from point A to point B, any convention. How many times do you get stopped to take a picture? How many times, like, do you have, how, how do you plan that? I need to go to the bathroom. Yeah. I have to plan, plan an hour to two hours ahead because it'll take me to get there. What, what's the thought process so on that? There was Two thought processes. One, we did a Disney princess group a couple years ago, and we tried going from point A to point B, which was, you could see point B. It was like 10 steps ahead of you. It took us an hour to do it because we were in a full Disney princess group, and um, it, was, it was hard. Um, now, when I know I need to get somewhere, like if I'm hosting a photo shoot or a panel or a meetup, my fiancé is very good with, she has something you can either follow us or buy. So <laughs> he's the one that kind of delegates for me, but I'm usually pretty good about it. I usually try to leave early so that if people stop me a lot, I can because I don't mind. Yeah. And I love that people love what I'm wearing, so it makes me happy. But if I really need to get somewhere, I'm usually like, hey, you know, I apologize. I have to get to X. You know, if you want to follow me or if you want to meet after, I'll happily do it, but i got to go to X. So bye. Yeah. So it's, I, usually, I usually I have to, but I try to be really polite about it. Yeah. We have less than five minutes to go. So, Charlie, do you have a final question? That's your problem. I'm here. <laughs> do you have a final question for Rizuki before we no, do our final thought? No, I have a final, a final thought. I didn't get to the final thoughts yet. I want to, I want to tell everybody, cosplayers are one of the most creative um, groups of people I've ever known. And I've been in this business, what, about... I'll give you ten. Ten years now, and I've... I've seen them bust their chops, so what I want to say, like a cosplayer like Rizuka, she's amazing if you see her out there, if you see her <laughs> out there. Um, but what I want to say is, if they have a table, support them, buy their products, True. buy stuff from them, because that's the way they keep going. That's the way they do it. So really, um, if you like the cosplayer, if, if uh, support them, buy their stuff. Yeah. There I have a is. Question mark. Oh, question for the audience. Yeah. What's your name, sir? All right, Kelly. Kelly, Kelly. What question you have for Rizuki in t a minute or less? Yeah, it'll be quick. Um, two-part question. Okay. Um, Two parts. Your, yeah. What is your favorite DC movie? Since you mentioned DC, and okay. are, is there a DC cosplay in the future? If not, what would you do as a cosplayer as a DC character? Favorite DC movie. Um, my favorite cosplay DC movie, character. I would say, would be Wonder Woman. I just wish it was a little shorter, even though I wouldn't cut anything out. Um, and as for DC cosplays, I want to do Wonder Woman. I want to do Batgirl. I want to do Starfire. I want to do Poison Ivy. Oh, okay. So, wow. yeah. Right. <laughs> um, final thoughts, Tom. Okay. Do you have a final thought? Or that, that was my final thought. You're too, you're too early. Now, we, we love Rizuki. We've seen her many uh, conventions. We'll be seeing her this All right, Sunday. So I'm going so, yes, to take up your final thought with a question. Okay. okay. There, there is some backlash for the cosplay community. You okay. mentioned haters earlier. A lot, if not a, a majority, of vendors and convention organizers do not like cosplayers because, as they say, not me, they don't buy stuff. <laughs> what do you have to say about um, that? Joking answer, you should see my bedroom. Um, okay, legit answer, I think that's being way too stereotypical, and I think that's putting a curtain over cosplayers that... And like putting them in a group that's just silly. If we've got the money and the time for it and you have a product we want, I will give you money for the thing. If you have a thing that I want, 
and when I go to Katsukan, Otakon, that I was just at in Washington, D.C., that dealer's room got its butt kicked because anime fans, comic fans, video game fans, cosplayers, we want things. <laughs> it's not that we don't buy things. It's just maybe your vendor table doesn't have what I'm looking for. Like... I'm very much looking for anime merchandise, and if you don't have anime merchandise, bah. So that's what I'm looking for. So the best thing I can say is don't segregate cosplayers, don't stereotype cosplayers. If you have what we want, we will buy it. And, and in our defense, I've seen, I've been in many conventions where I see when the cosplayers take a great break, all they are at those, those tables buying stuff. Bring anime to Long Island. There's not enough anime here. So, anime. Final thought. Final thought. Final um, thought. My final thought is to cosplayers, don't let people say anything about what you can and cannot do. Do not let people say that your bodies aren't good enough or that your hair isn't good enough or that your cosplay isn't good enough or that your makeup isn't good enough because their words don't matter. You are good enough, you are valid, and you should do the thing. Um, if you are interested in doing something but aren't sure how, there are so many different ways to go about it. There are so many different, especially on Long Island, so many different avenues to get help. Talk to us at conventions. We will help you. Do the thing. Do the thing. <laughs> so my final thought is this. Once again, thank you for coming thank down. Thank you for really having appreciate me. It. Yeah. Right. Uh, special shout out to our live studio audience. Thank you guys Yay. for being here. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, thank you to uh, Kelly Gordon and the East Middle Public Library for that. Um, so I've known you for quite some time. Mm -hmm. And as, it's amazing it's amazing how different you look in, in regular, normal outfit. That always gets me when you see somebody yes. in cosplay and you see them in person. You're like, wow, I didn't. So that's actually a very good job. Yay, thank um, you. So that does it for this week on It Came From does Radio. Really? Join us right here any week on this radio station. If you miss any part of this show, tough. go to our website, www.itcamefromradio.com. It's an archive of in a week or so. Check us out on Beyond Dawn Studios, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And we have uh, such podcast places as... Overcast, Pocketcast, iHeartRadio, Google Play, iTunes, Breaker or Breaker, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Spotify, Podbean, Player FM, Soundcast, Acast, CastBox, TuneIn, Stitcher, Podmus, Luminary, Blueberry, MixCloud, Apple Podcasts, or... A partridge in a pear tree. And we'll see you next time. Our next live show will be on September 11th at Hostra, so make sure you guys come down. We have a special yet-to-be-announced guest, and we'll be giving away some more free prizes. So once again, thanks for this. Thank you to the live studio audience. Yeah. And we'll see you uh, next time. Yay. You've been listening to It Came From The Radio with Mark Torres. The views of the show's hosts and guests did not necessarily reflect that of the management, owners, or staff of the station. We now return you to your earthly scheduled broadcast. Yeah.